0: My name is Rick Renner, and this is the Christmas season. And in today's program, I'm going to talk to you about baby dedications. Why in the world would I talk to you about a baby dedication when we're talking about Christmas? Because when Jesus was born, the Bible tells us his parents took him to Jerusalem To present him to the Lord. You know, I grew up in a church where we didn't have baby dedications. And in fact, we didn't really agree with churches who did that kind of thing. But now that I'm a pastor, for years and years, we've been dedicating babies in our own church. What is the purpose of a baby dedication? Is there really scriptural verses that back up the idea of a baby dedication? What is a baby dedication? What is the purpose of that? You're going to find out in today's program that Mary and Joseph brought Jesus to the temple and presented him to the Lord. What does that mean? They presented him to the Lord. And you're not just going to see that in today's program. This program is loaded today with what it means to present yourself to the Lord. God is calling on you to consecrate yourself to him and to his purposes. He's calling on you to present yourself as a living sacrifice and today we're going to go into the gospel of Luke and find out that Mary and Joseph in order to do right brought Jesus to the temple and presented him to the Lord once and for all to never take him back again they made him as a dedicated gift to the plans and purposes of God and that's what God wants you to do with your children with your grandchildren and not just with them God wants you to present your own body, your own mind, your own emotions, everything you are to Him. And that is what we're going to
1: see in today's program. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. I'm so glad that today you're with me again
0: and you've allowed me to come right into your space as we're going to continue looking at Christmas, the rest of the story. We're having such a good time as we're studying the Christmas story. And I want to welcome Mr. Joel Renner to the program again today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Joel, I just love having you on the program with me. It's been a blast. It is a blast. We are really digging deep, aren't we? We are. I'm really enjoying this. You know what we're going to see today? No. We're going to study about baby dedications. Because before Mary and Joseph left Bethlehem, they dedicated Jesus to the Lord. And we're going to see what the Bible says about baby dedications. This is really going to be a good program. Don't miss it. If you've got a grandchild or if you have a child that's never been dedicated to the Lord, you're going to find out something today about baby dedications. You say, what does this have to do with the Christmas story? Well, just hang on. You're about to find out. But if you need prayer, we're here for you. Please call us. Our team is waiting for your call or send us an email. We would love to pray with you. And we're offering you my series called Christmas, the rest of the story. How I love this series. It's 15 parts, comes in multiple formats with a study guide of over 100 pages. This is just powerful material. Wow. Joel, people can use the study guide to share this story with their families, Of course, with their grandchildren. They can just sit down together and say, hey, let's go through this together and see what we can learn about the birth of Jesus. But we're also offering you my books called Sparkling Gems from the Greek, number one and number two. And what a great season of the year for you to order one of these books, because you can give one of these to somebody for the holiday season, and they can start their new year with a daily devotional. If they already have number one, then get number two. If they don't have either, it really doesn't matter which one they start with. They're both great places to begin. I wrote number two because many people already had number one. But in both of these, there are 1,000 Greek word studies in this one and in this one. You don't read the whole book at once. Don't be afraid of this. You just read a little bit every day. And I, with the help of the Holy Spirit, open up the Greek New Testament to you and cause treasures in the New Testament to come alive to you. And that's why they're called sparkling gems from the Greek. Just go online or call us right now. You can order your copy. And for those who become partners with our ministry, people often say, well, what is a partner? Is a partner somebody who prays? A lot of people pray. But when I talk about partners, I'm talking about people who've stepped up to the plate, who've said, this teaching has impacted my life. And I'm so thankful I feel like I need to help it go to somebody else. And I want to be a financial partner. These are people who regularly send contributions to our ministry. Some do it by going online and clicking the auto-recurring button, which we have on our website. So they just automatically give every month. Some people send a check. Some people call and give a donation. But these are financial partners. And today, if you're not a partner, I ask you to pray about joining me and Denise as we reach around the world with teaching that people can trust. If it's been a blessing to you, help us take this living water to other people. And for those who become partners, we always send them life in the combat zone, how to survive, thrive and overcome in the midst of difficult situations. The reason we give this is because this book is dedicated to partners. We also send them the gift of forgiveness. It's small but it is powerful. It's a book written by Denise about how you can offer forgiveness to others and walk free from the prison of resentment and unforgiveness. It's really powerful. But today I have my Bible. Joel, do you have your Bible? I have it right here. We're going to dive in today and we're going to see the next step in the story, Christmas, the rest of the story. Wonderful. And let's go to back to Luke. Luke wrote a lot about the Christmas story, and he tells us about everything that happened to the Holy Family the whole time that they were in Bethlehem. And when we come to Luke chapter 2, verse 21, he continues the story, and he says, And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus. By the way, the word Jesus means deliverer, Savior. They named him according to what the angel had said. Jesus was born to be a Savior. He was born to be the Deliverer, not just a Deliverer. He is the Deliverer, which came to set us free from Satan's domain. And every time you call him Jesus, you're calling him your Deliverer. That's who he is. Anyway, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Verse 22. And when the days of Mary's purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him unto the Lord. Now let's stop right there. How long was this period, the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses? Forty days. From the time that a woman gave birth, her period of purification, which is prescribed in the law of Moses, was forty days. So everything else we're going to read in this chapter occurred within 40 days or right to the very end of 40 days. And the Bible says they brought him, that is Jesus, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Notice that word present. To present him to the Lord. Look at verse 23. For as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy, unto the Lord. Verse 24. And to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now, some people say, well, there's the proof that Mary and Joseph were poor because this is the sacrifice which was normally given by poor people. Well, just hold on. We'll come back to that in just a moment. But let's begin today with verse 22. And in verse 22, the Bible says, And when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him, Jesus, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, or this is a baby dedication. Now, I grew up in a denomination where we did not dedicate babies. And I remember thinking the churches that dedicated babies, that seemed very strange and weird. But today, in our own church in Moscow, We have baby dedications. Do you know what a baby dedication is? It's dedicating the child to the Lord. But in reality, it is a parent dedication. Because that parent is standing in the presence of God, committing, they're going to raise this child according to the Word of God. They're going to raise this child in church. They're going to raise this child to obey the Lord. It's not just a baby dedication. It is a parent dedication. And in our church, when we have baby dedications, I always say, we're giving these babies to the Lord, but parents, this really is a parent dedication. And that's what this was. And it is wonderful. I remember when my sons were born, each one of them we brought to the church, and we dedicated them to the Lord. And it was really me and Ole and my wife, we were were saying to the Lord that we're going to do our best to raise these children based on the Bible. And it is truly a good event. It's a wonderful thing to do. But what does it mean when the Bible says to present him to the Lord? The word present is a Greek word "paristemi." It's a compound of two words. The word para means alongside. The word "istemi" means to place or to stand. If you put the two words, it really means to place beside, to place beside the Lord. But it really means this. Listen to this. To place at one's disposal. So when it says to present him to the Lord, to give him to the Lord for the Lord's disposal, it means to surrender. They were surrendering Jesus to the Lord. It means to offer a sacrifice to God. They were offering Jesus as a sacrifice to present as a special offering to God. This was their offering to God to dedicate once and for all. That is very important, which means this was a final decision. This is a dedication we're making once and for all. They were presenting Jesus to the Lord. There was no backing out. This was a real sacrifice. And what I want to point out is this word present, the Greek word "paristemi" is exactly the same word which the Apostle Paul uses in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. So let's go there. And Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, Paul says, listen to this familiar verse. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you do what? Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That is exactly the same word which is used in Luke chapter 2, verse 22, which pictures Mary and Joseph presenting Jesus once and for all, presenting Jesus to God to be at his disposal This is their great sacrifice, their great offering. They can never backtrack on this commitment. They're committing once and for all a very official, formal, serious dedication. And now Paul borrows the very same word in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 when he speaks to me and to you and to Joel and to all of us. And notice how he begins in Romans 12 verse 1. He says, I beseech. That word beseech is the Greek word parakaleo. The word para means alongside. The word kaleo means to call. When you compound the two words together, here in the King James Version, it's translated as the word beseech. But listen to this. It is one who comes alongside someone else as close as he can get to passionately call out to, to plead with, to beckon, or to beg. It means to beseech a person, group, or God to do something on one's behalf. It means to earnestly beg. It is a prayer word, and it is a military term, meaning to call one into combat. All of these meanings are very important. So when Paul says, I beseech, the Greek word parakaleo, he's drawing as near as he can to anybody reading that verse. He's talking to me. He's talking to you. He's talking to all of us. Because it is a prayer word, one expositor says, it is a picture of the Apostle Paul dropping to his knees. He's begging, he's pleading, he's praying, he's calling out to us, pleading with us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. But because this is also a military term, it means he's calling us into combat, which means our flesh may struggle with presenting ourselves once and for all unto God. Even remember that Jesus, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, struggled At what God was asking him to do. Jesus had to conquer himself. He had to conquer his own will. He said, not my will, but thy will be done. If Jesus had to deal with his flesh, so will we. But we have to present ourselves as a living sacrifice. And when Paul says present, it is the same word which we find in Luke 2.22 to describe Mary and Joseph presenting Jesus to the Lord. And it means to place at God's disposal. To surrender, to offer a sacrifice to God, to present as a special offering to God, to dedicate once and for all. Joel, that is so important. Wow. To dedicate once and for all, and it is the same word used in Luke 2, verse 22. So when Paul tells us to present ourselves as a living sacrifice, he's telling us to officially dedicate ourselves once and for all and forever, to dedicate ourselves to the plans and purposes of God, it is a full dedication never to be taken back. Wow, that is amazing to me. It is amazing. And even Jesus had to do this. He said, "Take this cup away from me." And God said, "No." And he had to take that cup. But in this verse, Romans 12:1. It says we are to present officially once and for all, never taking it back again, our bodies. And the word bodies in this case would involve our body, our soul, our emotions. And so I need to ask you a question. Is your body the Lord's or is your body yours? Have you ever at one moment in your life officially presented your body to the Lord and said, God, I'm giving you my body. I'm giving you my physical condition, I'm surrendering it to you, my body is at your disposal, it's no longer mine, it's yours, I'll never take it back again, this is once and for all. We are called to do that in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. And I just want to tell you, it's easy to know if you've ever done it, all you have to do is stand in front of the mirror and look at yourself. What kind of shape are you in? Do you look like you've given your body to the Lord? Are you eating to the glory of God? You say, now, Rick, you're stepping on my toes. No, it's not me. It's the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31 says, Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. To the glory of God. Can you say that you're eating to the glory of God when you're eating wrong? Hey, I understand I have to work on this one all the time. Or how about your mind? Have you ever officially dedicated your mind to the Lord? Is your mind the Lord's or does your mind belong to you? According to Deuteronomy 6, verse 5, the Bible says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thine mind, and with all thy might. People say, I remember when I gave my heart to Jesus. That's good. Glad you gave him your heart. Did you ever give him your brain? Did you ever give him your will? Did you ever give him your mind? Did you ever give your mind to the Lord once and for all? A total surrender of your mind never to take it back again if you've never surrendered your mind to the Lord then really you're not under the full lordship of Jesus because the mind is the central control center of your life whoever controls your mind ultimately controls everything about you whoever controls your mind Controls your self image, controls what you believe. Your mind is your sentential control center. And if you've never surrendered your mind to Jesus Christ, then you're not really living under His full Lordship. So I want to ask you again have you ever presented your mind to the Lord once and for all to never take it back again? How about your emotions? Ay, 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 ay. Are your emotions the Lord's or have you retained? Your emotions in your own control. You know, emotions are an amazing thing. When emotions are under the control of the Holy Spirit, emotions become a mighty instrument in the hands of the Holy Spirit. But when we retain the right to control our emotions and do our emotions what we want to do, our emotions can become a hideous weapon. They can be ugly, they can be manipulative, our emotions can be destructive. We are called in Romans 12 and verse 1 to even present once and for all, never taking them back again, our emotions. So I have to ask you, who controls your emotions? Does the Lord control your emotions or do you control your emotions? Have you ever dedicated your emotions to God or do you hold on to your emotions and claim that you have the right to do with them as you wish? But we're called According to Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, once and for all, a final decision to present officially and never take them back again, our emotions, our body, our minds, our emotions. In fact, look at Romans 12 verse 1. It continues to say, present your bodies, it's full of all of these things, a living sacrifice. Well, there's a big problem with that. You know why? Because in the world... The ancient world there was no such thing as a living sacrifice it just didn't exist all sacrifices were dead they were all dead or they were not a sacrifice well let me give you the anatomy of a sacrifice i don't want to tell you that you can read it in my book called no room for compromise this book is just packed with information and in this book i talked about how sacrifices were offered in the old testament and in the pagan world And you'll see the relevance it has for you and me. But in the pagan world, even in the Jewish world, when a sacrifice was offered, this is how it was done. I call it the anatomy of a sacrifice. Giving a sacrifice was one of the most important acts in the ancient world. It was festive. It was public. It was very celebrated. The animals were painted. Their horns were painted. Everything was decorated. It was a big deal when you offered a sacrifice. And the process was the animal's head was laid on the altar and you cut the animal's throat. You killed the animal. Number two, all the blood poured out of the animal and you collected the blood in bowls and cups and poured it out on the altar. And number three, the animal was cut into pieces and burned on the altar, which means there was no such thing as a living sacrifice. Death and blood were required for sacrifice or it was not. A sacrifice. If you walked off with a living animal, then all you did was make a spectacle. There was no sacrifice. It wasn't real unless something died. That's very important. But in Romans 12, verse 1, God calls on us to present ourselves as living sacrifices. Sacrifices. What does it mean? It means every day when we wake up, every day at some moment in our day, we are to climb back on the altar and say, God, I'm presenting myself to you. I'm dying to my own will, dying to my own wishes. I'm placing myself at your disposal. As in all sacrifices, death is required. But in this case, it is not physical death, but death to ourselves, a resurrendering of ourselves every single day to the will of God. We're to be living sacrifices, which means we have to do our redo of this every single day. Every day, climb on the altar and resurrender ourselves to the will of God. That's what it means to be a living sacrifice. And the Bible says this kind of sacrifice is acceptable with God. That word acceptable is a Greek word, eueristos, which means a sacrifice that God has accepted and approved, fully agreeable, fully pleasing. Fabulous! God finds this fabulous when we surrender ourselves every day to Him. That kind of sacrifice is well pleasing. In fact, the Bible says it's so well pleasing that it becomes holy. God sees it as something very special. And the rest of the verse goes on to say, "This is your reasonable service." You know what that word "service" is, Joel? It is a Greek word, Letrea. The Greek word Latreia is the Old Testament word which depicted the sacred service of any religious priest or of the Levitical priesthood. It depicted a lifelong full-time priestly occupation, which means if you're serious about serving God and offering yourself as a living sacrifice, this will be your full-time occupation for the rest of your life. For the rest of your life, you're going to be offering yourself to God. And the Bible calls it your reasonable service. The word reasonable means it's logical. It's logical that you would do this after all that Christ has done for you. But hey, let's jump back to Luke chapter 2, verse 24. It says that they offered a sacrifice according to that which said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two pigeons. Well, normally this was the sacrifice offered by poor people. But there's something people miss. It was also a sacrifice offered by... Travelers. Travelers. Well, they were travelers. They were from Nazareth. If you lived in Jerusalem, you could bring a better sacrifice, but they were travelers. And so when you came to the temple to offer a sacrifice, you could stop at a kiosk and buy some small animals to take into the temple to offer to the Lord, and that's what they did. We already saw in earlier programs, Joseph was not poor. He probably was very well-to-do. God gave a man that was successful the assignment of being the foster father of his son, of course. But wait, 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 look at Luke 2.51. It tells us the wrap-up of the story of what they did while they were in Bethlehem. And when they performed all things according to the law of the Lord, or when they completed the 40-day period, they returned into Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. But there is a problem. There is a problem in this story. Where are the wise men? Where is Herod? Where is the killing of the babies? Where is the gold, the frankincense and myrrh? Where is the angel that led the wise men? None of it's here. You know why it's here? Not here? Because none of that happened in Bethlehem. All of those events took place in Nazareth, which I know destroys a lot of traditional teaching. The wise men did not come to Bethlehem, they came to Nazareth two years later. And I'm going to show you this in the scriptures, but we're out of time. We'll be back in just a moment, and we're going to pray for you.
1: Everyone thinks they know the Christmas story. But what you don't know are the fascinating details that only God could have orchestrated. In Rick Renner's 15-part series, Christmas, The Rest of the Story, Rick uncovers the shocking and surprising events that occurred at the time of Jesus' birth. In this series, you'll discover the amazing details that are often overlooked. Topics like exactly who Joseph was and why it mattered. What was the star that guided the wise men and the significance of the gifts the wise men brought to the Christ child? Available in digital or physical format starting at just $24. You'll have a deeper understanding of the meaning and importance of Christmas, the rest of the story. When you call or go online today, you can also get sparkling gems from the Greek Volumes 1 and 2. So many Christians live their entire lives skimming the surface of the Word of God most never discover the profound truth treasures that lie deep within the text. In sparkling gems from the Greek, rick unlocks the brilliant treasures within god's word and shows you how to live an intimate uncompromising life with god in an easy to read devotional format each volume of sparkling gems explores more than 1,000 000 in-depth greek word studies revealing the profound wisdom and counsel from the bible get one or both of these valuable resources today sparkling gems one for just 40 dollars and sparkling gems two for only 45 dollars Don't miss this special offer, Christmas, the rest of the story, and the companion books, Sparkling Gems 1 and 2. Call now or go to renner.org to order.
0: We have had a great time in the Bible today, haven't we, Joel? Oh, yes, it's been a blast. We've seen that God wants us to present ourselves to Him once and for all and never take ourselves back again. That's what Mary and Joseph did when they dedicated Jesus in the temple. But when they were finished... Fulfilling all the law of the Lord. The Bible says in Luke 2.51, they went back to Nazareth. And when they got to Nazareth, a lot of other events took place. And we're going to see that in the next programs. But if you need prayer, we're here for you. Please call us. We would love to pray with you. We're offering you my series called Christmas, The Rest of the Story. It's 15 parts. It comes in multiple formats with a great study guide. We're also offering you my books, Sparkling Gems from the Greek, number one. And number two, order your copies today. But let me pray for you. Father, we thank you that today, Joel and I and our TV family, we have seen that you're calling on us to make a dedication of ourselves once and for all, never taking ourselves back again from your plans and your purposes. Help us, Lord, to do it every day. In Jesus' name, amen. This has been great today. Thanks for being with us. Remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, it says, where the word of the king is, there's power. Let God's word work in your life
1: today. And I'll see you in the next program. Renner Ministries is proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ through every available media to the uttermost parts of the earth. Discover the many ways you can help us make a difference in lives around the world with the word of God we invite you to partner with us in teaching, strengthening, and rescuing lives for the glory of God. Together, we can make a difference that will last throughout eternity.